love the Lord this morning? Amen. His name is great. Greatly to be praised. Well, we're certainly honored to be here with you this morning. Just want to greet you in the name of the Lord. And it's good to be home. We were on a 10-day trip. We went up to Brother Ron's last weekend and ministered for him on Saturday and Sunday and had a tremendous time there with the believers. He and a lot of the brothers there were on a, a hunting trip, their annual hunting trip. And I just told Brother Ron, I said, you know, it, it means a lot that you have confidence in the gift to call a man in when you're not going to be there. So we just, we had a tremendous time. The Lord really spoke to the people. And we left there on Monday, went down to North Carolina. We spoke for Brother Joe Green. It is. Uh, spoke for Brother Joe Green there on Wednesday night. And we had just had a tremendous time to the point that Brother Joe turned and looked at me. He goes, did you listen to my service on Sunday? I said, no, sir. He said, well, you picked up and preached exactly what we preached here on Sunday and just took it forward. So God is mindful. God is very mindful of us. I want to say thank you for being here this morning. I know there's many that are out on a camping trip, and we don't begrudge them from taking a little relaxation. Uh, but it's certainly nice to have a group of people to preach to this morning. So let's just put everything that we have into this service this morning. But before we turn to the Word, let's just turn to prayer and ask God's blessings to be upon our service this morning. Father, what a great honor and a privilege we have that we can stand before the elect of God. And we're just asking, Lord, that you would come by our way as we have felt your presence already. Lord, just there in the back. Lord, and just feeling the anointing, the angel of the Lord just passing through, Lord, and just begin to crowd in prayer, Father. Lord, you're worthy of it all. No matter what befalls us as Christians, Lord, the ups and downs, disappointments of life, Lord, you're worthy. This morning, you're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our worship. God, this morning, you're worthy to be exalted. God, and we just want to come, put our shoulders to the wheel, as it would say, Lord, and, and make you worthy, God, and make, make you proud that we're your children, Lord, by giving back those praises and adorations and incense of our lives to you. Lord, we know that the Bible would tell us that we have to make a sacrifice, and it's a sacrifice of praise, it's a sacrifice of worship, and Lord, each of us here this morning, I pray that we will do our part, God, to create an atmosphere that... Lord, you'd welcome and you would come and you would speak and you would minister, Lord. And you would take the lips, Lord, of an, a vessel of clay and you would anoint the words that they would come out. And God, not only anoint the words, but Father, you'll anoint the, the receptor, Lord, the ear of the listener, Lord. And anoint the communication that there'll be no break, Father, today. And may you just speak the words that you would have for your people, Father. We just yield our lives, our gifts to you this morning. And we ask that you would use us for your glory, Lord. Pray that you would speak, Father, as only you can. So we just commit this service to you now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to look in two places, but I'll, we'll look here. <clears throat> we'll look here in, first in John 14, and then we'll have you be seated, and we'll pick back up at the other scripture reading. But I want to speak to you this morning on Satan can't stop our change. I hope that you recognize when Brother Wayne was here, Brother Wayne spoke on the mystery of our change. Last weekend, Brother Tim picked up on the change of atmosphere. And before Brother Wayne spoke, I was already dealing with this subject and this topic. And I want to speak to you this morning by the grace of God. Satan can't stop our change. And we find here in John 14, verse 1, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. And that word there is agitated, distressed, anxious. A lot of times our human nature is to get distressed, to get agitated. 
to get anxious over things. But he said, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, then I will come again and receive you. And that word receive there means to join to oneself. So he's saying, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And I will come again and I will join you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. God bless you. You can have your seats this morning. So we find God's desire for his bride is to be with him. To be by his side, to be in his kingdom. And he has gone to prepare a place. He has gone uh, with, with us in mind to make sure that he has everything ready, everything prepared. Because we have a promise this evening, or this morning rather, no matter what we face in life, no matter how difficult it becomes, that God has given us a promise through his scripture that where he is, we will be also And I want you to understand this morning that Satan's going to fight you tooth and nail. As long as you're here, he's going to do everything he can to discourage you in your journey. He's going to do everything he can to attack your body and and lower your faith and weaken you as a believer. But the Bible tells us that where he is, there we shall be also. And God is going to prepare a place. And God never does anything in vain. God told us in his word, he goes, I'll send forth my word, and my word will accomplish that which it was purposed. It will not return to me void. We believe that this morning, right? We look here in 1 Corinthians 15, and this is where we kind of of draw our context this morning. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 50. Brother Tim, if you can work some of the highs out, that'll be good. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doeth Corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. This is what Brother Brother Wayne spoke on. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Um, You may have drug in here this morning feeling all beat down, but he's telling you we shall all be changed. We're not leaving a hoof behind this morning. We're not leaving a prodigal behind this morning. We all will be changed. That's the word of God. Amen. We shall all be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. God, sometimes he knows that the human nature, we have to hear it twice or three or four or five times before we finally get it. And we find here, right here, just in this short two, two passages, he says, we shall be changed. We shall be changed. God wants you to know this morning that this earthly life that we're living in is not our finality. It's only a temporary dwelling place because God said, I'm going to prepare a place for you and that where I am, you're going to be there also. But we understand that this flesh, this Blood of ours, this corruptible body can't inherit the kingdom of God. Therefore, he says, you shall be changed. God is going to change you to make sure you beat them, that you can meet him there. He says, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Must. So you can't get in with your own human ideas. But this corruptible humanity must put on incorruption. And this mortal flesh must put on immortality. He says, so when this corruptible shall I put on incorruption, and this mortal, or this, 
Let me back up. So when this corruption shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, my. Don't you long for that day? Death. Some of you right now are looking at death. You say, what do you mean? Some of you are getting older. And if time should tarry, death is going to be your escape from this humanity. But there's coming a time, death is going to be swallowed up in victory. And he says, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we find that this body of ours, now I know some of us, we love our bodies. Some of us love it more than others. Some of you don't love it quite so much. Because these bodies humiliate us. As we grow old, they get deformed. They get weak. They tarry. They tatter. And, and yet, the Bible says that these bodies of ours cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And we find in Psalms 50, uh, Psalm 51 and verse 5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. So we must realize that these bodies that we were born with, these are corruptible bodies, bodies of sin, but these bodies must be put aside and corruption must be put aside or corruption must be put aside for incorruption and mortal must be put aside for immortality. And we're going to put on a new body. We have a promise this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, this ain't the final. Some of you should be happy to say that. This ain't the final product. I say praise God today. Some of you came limping in here, but it ain't the final product. It ain't the final say. We got a new body waiting on us. The prophet of God said there's a theophany waiting on us. If this earthly tabernacle of this house be dissolved, we got a heavenly body, a body like his own glorious body already there waiting on you to step right into it. And Satan is doing everything he can to stop you, to hinder you, to defeat you, to get you to live below your God-given privilege. Let me tell you this morning, Satan can't stop this change. He can't stop our change. God has already spoken this change. And if God has already spoken it, it shall come to pass. See, we gotta, we're going to put on a new body, a body that never knew sin. A body that, hallelujah, will never grow old. Look, brother and sister, a body that'll never lose a hair. Come on, brother Tom, give me an amen right there. Oh, now, what a body that we're going to, church. A body that'll not fail you. A body that'll not disappoint you. A body that'll not humiliate you. Oh, look, and the Bible says when that happens, then the saying to go forth, death is swallowed up in victory. Death is taking a many a believer, but death is not going to take this believer. Oh, we got a promise this morning. There's going to be a people alive and remain that's going to look at death and say, Death, where is your sting? Oh, I'm looking at the generation this morning that's going to say, Death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? You are that people. And I want you to know generations have waited for your day. Men and women through the ages have waited with the expectation to fulfill this scripture. And now you're here. Oh, come on, church. 
Oh, the change of atmosphere. We're not looking back to yesterday. We're not looking back to to what God did yesterday. We're believing what God's going to do this morning. That he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still on the throne. He still rules and reigns. He still heals the sick. He still saves the lost. He still delivers. Generations have waited with expectation to fulfill this scripture. And you're here. Oh, my. We are the people. We are the church that will be changed. And I'm not just speaking to even like tabernacle. But I'm saying there's a people, there's a bride in the land today that has a promise. We're going to be changed. And that word change means to exchange one thing for another. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Change these old bodies for another body. Come on, old people. That's your time to shout amen. Brother Daryl, you're not old. But my, think about it. You get up, your hearing's gone, your sight's gone, your back's gone, your knees are gone. Come on, work with me this morning. These bodies are drawing to the grave. But one day, there's a people that's going to be changed. One day, they're going to wake up one of these mornings and, oh, my hair is coming back to the head. All the gray is going to leave and the hair is going to return to the original color. All the stooped shoulders are going to stand tall again and those weak backs and weak knees are going to strengthen one day. Why? Because we are going to be changed. But until that time, Satan is attacking. Satan is trying to hinder, but Satan can't stop it. Satan can't stop this change. God has already spoken it over you, church. God has already promised you a body change. We're going to exchange this old vow body for a new body. Woo! I know you don't know how to act because you, don't, you never tasted of that body. You had not stepped into it yet. Oh, but we're going to, some of you can't dance. Let me tell you, get in that body, you're going to dance. Is this all right? Brother Joe, we don't act like you. That's fine. Get in that new body. You'll do things you wouldn't think you'd do. I told Brother Ryan's church, when I was out in sin, I danced for the devil. I didn't care what anybody thought. I didn't care what they thought of me. I went to that place. I paid a cover charge. I paid to get to enter into that place. And if I paid to get in there, I was going to have a good time. I was going to pull myself right up to the bar and I was going to get me a real stiff drink and I was going to get a little bit loosey. And when I got loose enough, I stepped on that dance floor, Brother Mike, and I didn't care. You can look at me. I wasn't dancing for you. I was dancing for me. And when I came to the house of God, look, it's free cover charge. You don't have to pay. But pull up to the bar this morning and get you a stiff drink. Get you some of this Holy Ghost I'm talking about. Get you some revelation. And one day, we're going to be changed. Oh, we're going to put you all criticizing aside. You'll realize there's a new body. And I ain't dancing for this brother. I ain't dancing for this sister. I'm dancing for God. Because why? Because I've tasted other things of God. And I know it's real. I know it's good. I got a promise of a change. I got a promise of a victory, church. I'm not going to be earthbound. I'm not going to the grave. But I'm going up into the sky. Oh, it's all right. The atmosphere of change is all around us. Woo! 
the atmosphere of change. Sarah, her thinking had to be changed. Sarah, your thinking has got to be changed. I was just thinking as I stepped out this morning, think of Brother Lingo. Satan has done everything he could to hinder that moment. Lingo, how old were you when you started drinking? 12 or 13. How old are you now? 46. You've been clean for two years? Almost two years. You do the math on that. 12 to 46, two years clean. 12 to 44, 30-something years, right? That's a long time. Satan tried to cover it up. Satan tried to hinder. Satan tried to stop it. Got him in uh, drinking and drugs and all this other stuff. But Satan couldn't stop the chain. Oh, what am I telling you? Satan couldn't stop the chain. Oh, church. And if he couldn't stop that chain, he definitely can't stop the next chain. God has proven himself that there ain't nothing that the devil can do. But when God is here and when God has spoken upon your life, there ain't a devil in hell can keep God from moving in the scene. Change is coming, church. Let me say it. Change is here because God is here. Think about Brother Isaiah Robinson, 19 years as a man that was gay, 10 years of practicing homosexual. And Satan covered him up and covered him up and said, there's no way. But investigating angels came to a service. I said investigating angels came because there was something deposited. Now, Lingo didn't know something was deposited in him before the foundation of the world, but God did. And each of you here this morning can give witness of the change. And if God is so mindful of that change, and Brother Ram says, notice that the new birth, that's a miracle. A miracle how you are lost, born in sin, shaped in iniquity, and yet God moves across your path, and a change takes place, and you become a new man. All your old desires begin to fiddle away, and behold, everything becomes new. Oh, isn't it nice to have new thinking? Isn't it nice to think like God? Come on, so you can give a shout, a real loud amen right there. Think like God, walk like God, talk like God, act like God, move like God, believe like God, have faith like God, go to church like God, worship like God, praise like God. Oh my, what a change. You're not who you used to be. Sister Vicki, you're not who you used to be, but there came a change upon your life. Brother EJ, you're not who you used to be. What happened? God began to deal with your heart and a change began to come over you. And if God can do that in a, in a mortal flesh, what can he do when the moment comes and we step into immortality? Oh, when we put everything else aside and we become new. Oh, you're talking about oh, some of you are going to do things you never thought you'd do. You might well start this morning. You have my approval. So the word change here means to be transformed. Can I just preach to you this morning? To be transformed, and we pick up in Romans 12, 1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present or yield your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, I know some of this is more difficult for some of you than others. 
yielding myself as a living sacrifice. Well, I don't want to give up my ideas. Oh, my. I don't like where we're headed. I'll get into that here in just a few minutes. We don't like change. But he says, present yourself, yield your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So God expects this out of his children. Whether you like it or not. Look, when I worked at the hospital, they paid me a salary. I had a job to do. And there's sometimes I didn't like what I did, but I did it because they were paying me. Because it was my reasonable service. And that's what God is telling you this morning. Sometimes you may not like the fast songs. You may like those old songs. But it doesn't matter if it's old, fast, slow, whatever. It's still your reasonable service to give God praise. To open up your lips. To lift your hands. And to worship a living God. Because why? Because God, rich in mercy, came down and changed your life. He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. Look where you would be if God wasn't in your life. Oh, church, isn't he worthy this morning? Shouldn't we worship him this morning? Shouldn't we come to the house of God with an expectation for change for God to move? Now we find here, Romans 12 and 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Notice, transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transformed there is metamorphosed. That means to change into another form. From one form to another form. You know, I, I wish I had it in me to be like Brother Jill Forney right now, talking about that caterpillar. But I don't have it. There's only one, one Brother Jewel. But that caterpillar was born, he was born in one form. There's four stages of a caterpillar. He's born and he moves into another stage. And in the other stage, he continually progresses. Then there's a stage called the pupa. And in this stage, he makes a cocoon. And he gets inside that little cocoon there. And he ain't worried about nothing that's going on outside of him. You know what happens inside that cocoon? That old body of his begins to break down. What happens? New legs begin to form. Wings begin to form. Oh, but in the fourth stage, something happens. That cocoon splits, and out of that cocoon comes a brand new, not the caterpillar that went in, but a whole new being. What happened? The caterpillar was metamorphosed. It was transformed, and that's what God is telling you. You may have come this way, but this way is not the way that I intend you to stay. Won't you make yourself a cocoon in the house of God and let the old thing fall away and let everything become new, and you'll emerge as a beautiful butterfly. Some of you are monarchs just waiting to fly But you got to split that cocoon You know that they say Science says that metamorphosis Cannot be stopped Metamorphosis cannot be As much as they would try To stop that caterpillar from changing They can't stop it I hope you're catching what I'm putting down Satan has said, oh, I'm going to change them. I'm going to create an Eden. I'm going to stop them. I'm going to pull them. I'm going to get sin so wrapped up. I'm going to cause political chaos and and wars and rumors of wars and all this stuff. I'm going to keep them from entering into that state of a cocoon. But just as science can't stop metamorphosis, neither can Satan stop our change. Oh, church, he don't have enough to stop the change that's coming upon these bodies. One morning. Between six and nine, 
Come on, get with me this morning. One morning between six and nine, all of a sudden there's going to be a beautiful bride in a new body emerge out of this old tabernacle. This mortal is going to put on immortality. This corruption is going to put on incorruption. These old stooped shoulders are going to straighten up because we're going to be changed. And there ain't nothing, Brother Mike, that the devil can do that can stop our change. You might as well put the devil on notice this morning. You can't stop me. You can't hinder me. Oh, but tell you, I got a promise. I'm not going down, but I'm going up. I'm going in the rapture. I'm going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Notice, to be transformed, metamorphosed by the renewing of the mind. And the mind, it says, is the faculties of perceiving and understanding. It's the faculties of judging and determining. So before these mortal bodies and this corruptible body of ours can ever be changed, there has to be a change here. See, there has to be a change. Our minds, our hearts have to be transformed. Our thinking has to be changed. Our desires have to be changed. Our natures have to be changed. Because you're not taking your desires there. You're not taking this old earthly nature there. You're not taking this old perverted thinking there. It all has to be changed here. And while we're here, we might as well be changed. We might as well let the word of God brood over you and change your thinking. Oh, don't be holding on to family traditions. No, let the word change you right here this morning. Let the word swoop over you because maybe those family traditions were wrong. You know, I like it sometimes we think about it and we want to put a lot on a prophet and we should put a lot on a prophet. But the prophet was the man and he had his own thinking. And I was talking to a brother the other day and he said, you know, we had a spectacular service. He said, man, the prince of God come down. He goes, the sister was singing a song and you don't know like I know. And she got so carried away she couldn't sing it anymore. So he stepped up and began to sing it and the prince of God just dropped down. Well, after service, one of the preachers in their church fired off a bunch of quotes to their pastor and said, and quotes, not, nothing else, just quotes. But Brother Branham saying, I like that old-time music. We like the old hymns. Well, I think you heard on Sunday when those old hymns were created. I know some of you may not like the new fangdangled music we got today, but if it didn't create an atmosphere, then you have something to worry about. But when the presence of the Lord drops down, let that be your signpost. Let that be your determining name. If the Holy Spirit doesn't like it, he will never reveal himself and show up. But he comes down, he begins to move. See, we, we want to put it all on. Well, you know, that was Brother Bantam's thinking, and that was, and yet it, he's a man. But, Brother, God didn't intend for everybody to be a carbon copy of William Branham. Now, we're thankful that if he would have said, Thus said the Lord, when it comes to music, we would have thus said the Lord and put the stuff out. But we got to allow ourselves to change. We got to allow the music that come for this day. Anointed men, anointed women. We got sisters in our church right here this morning. Anointed men in our church right here that can write prof profound music and song. And it brings in the presence of God. And if we only listen to him, church, where would we be? That gift would go unnoticed among the bride. And God placed it there for a purpose to bless the bride. 
So the mind, notice the prophet of God will tell us, the greatest battle ever fought. The mind accepts the life, which is the word of God, and there brings the life. Just your thoughts don't do it. So the mind has to be renewed. See, he said your mind accepts it. It grasps it. What is your mind controlled by? Your spirit. And your spirit catches the word of God, and that's the thing that's got life in it, and it brings life into you. So therefore, our minds have to be renewed. Made new, made alive. See, when that takes place, when life comes down that channel into you, the word of God is manifested in you. Then what does it do? From the middle of the heart, which is the soul, from there goes forth. He says, feeding every channel. The trouble of it is, is we're standing here with a lot of doubt. Doubt it's for you. Doubt it can ever happen. Doubt it's ever going to happen. That you can be healed, but yet you can pray and believe and have just unsurmountable faith for somebody else. But when it comes knocking on your door, woe is me. See, trying to accept out there, he says, you've got to stop that, come down that channel with the true word of God, and then it goes out itself automatically. It's what's on the inside. That's the thing that counts is the inside. So where does our change happen? First, it happens in our mental faculties or our mind, our heart. And see, we can no longer think like the world because the prophet of God would tell us we're messiahs. Come on, messiah. Talk like messiah. Everybody, you know, you, got, you get around some people, they're always negative. That ain't messiah talk. You don't want to be around. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be around negative people. Look, when I'm negative, I don't want to be around myself. I go to the mirror, look in the mirror and say, I don't want to be around you today. And I guarantee you, my wife says, amen. <laughs> but we all get there. But look, the, the thing of it is, is we're never to be negative. We're always to be positive. Quit being the victim and become the victor. Yeah. Look, it ain't based on what you are. It ain't based on who you are. It's based on what he's done for you. And what has he done? He has changed your thinking. He has changed you. And he's going to change your mortal bodies. Quit being the one, wowsy, wowsy, woos, woe is me, woe is me. It ain't woe is me. It is praise my God. He's almighty. He's great. He's worthy. He's done so much for me. And I'm here to praise him this morning. No matter how I feel, no matter how I'm thinking, I may feel negative, but I got to rejoice. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Why? Because my God, my God has changed me. My God is changing me this morning. So notice, we got to act like God. We got to conduct ourselves like God. We got to do things that please God and not please this flesh. Because it's so easy to please this flesh. I'm not even going to ask for a show of hands how many had to drag your flesh here this morning. Everybody else is out camping. We can pretend we're camping and stay at home. We could stream. Oh, but you drug yourself here. Because why? Because you're a Messiah. And when those doors open, you want to be in presence of the pillar of fire. Look, streaming is great. It has a place. But it's not a substitute when the presence falls. Because you can be changed right here this morning. Notice now, our minds have to be renewed or made new, made alive by the preaching of the gospel. And before our bodies will ever be changed, our minds and our hearts have to first be changed. 
That's why God sent Malachi 4. He said, I, he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children back to the fathers. So we find that in Malachi 4, our hearts, our thinking, our way of life, our whole thoughts about Christianity and everything else had to be changed. No, you, we used to believe in what, three gods? Come on, church. Some of you did. Some of you were born in this message. But, I, you know, we used to believe, well, you know, when I first got saved, I was a Baptist boy. And they talked about Father, and Son, and the Holy Ghost. I was confused. I'm telling you what. I didn't know who to pray to and how long to pray to each one of them. I tell you, I was a mess. I was a mess. Don't act like it. You, somebody, you come out of the denominational system. You know what I'm talking about. You pray to the Father for a little while, and you know what? We don't want Jesus to get his feelings hurt, so we pray to Jesus for a little while, and you know, but he don't want the Holy Ghost to be left out. My goodness, you were there for three hours. Just kidding. Some of you prayed three minutes. But you understand what I'm talking about. But what did this message do? It came to clarify your thinking. And we understand by the scriptures that hero is of the Lord thy God is one. He's not three. You can't cut God in three and give him up to a Jew. No, he's one God with three offices, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But he's still one God. And so what did God do in this hour? He took a prophet ministry and he turned your heart back to the faith, back to the truth of the word that he ain't three, he's one. And he taught you about serpent seed. And he taught you about water baptism. And he taught you about cutting your hair. What did he do? He restored everything that was stripped away through denominational ages. And now we're here. He turned our hearts back. Turned away from man's teachings, man's doctrines, man's ideas, man's traditions, man's dogmas. The way things that has always been done are the way we're supposed to do things. Now, we're talking about change this morning. How many of you love change? That's what I thought, none of you. Winston Churchill made this statement. To improve is to change, and to be perfect is to change often. For some of you, you're in the, the process of perfection. Think about that. To improve is to change. Where would we be in the message if all that we had was what was preached in 1947, 1948, 1956, up until 1960? Let's just say February of 63. Where would we be? But there had to come a dispensational change. The book had to become open. Because what God had a promise laying in there, I'm going to change a people. And before they can be changed, i got to loose the seals that's on my book so that they can see themselves in the Word and that change come over them. So to improve is to change and to be perfect is to change often. And Matthew 5 and verse 48 says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And the word perfect there is full grown, full age mature. Look, church, we're no longer in the infancy of the body or the bride. We're no longer in adolescence. We have come to the final age. She's a mature woman. Come on, get with me now. She's mature. We find that in each age, as, as each age went to the next age, what happened to the body? The body got perfect, 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 until we finally end up in the seventh age with a full-grown body. 
We're not looking for another age to come. We're not looking for another messenger to come. We're not looking for another change into another age. We're looking to change dimensions. That's what we're holding on for today. Oh, I'm not expecting somebody to rise up. No, we've already had our message. What I'm looking for is him. We're going to meet him in the air. So we find the bride is no longer in her infancy or in her adolescence. She's now full-grown, mature. Not, we're not perfect in our fallen humanity, but we're perfect by a perfect word, by a perfect message. And our thinking has been changed, and now we understand that we are the elect lady. We're not waiting on a change from another age to another age. No, but we have received the final voice to the final age. We've seen the final messenger. only thing that we're waiting on now is a change of these bodies. Notice... An Icelandic proverb says, a wise man changes his mind, but a fool never will. A fool will never change his mind. He's stuck. He refuses to admit that he's wrong. But a wise man will admit that he's wrong and change. Come on, some of you old timers here this morning. You remember years ago, Christmas? Aren't you thankful for a change? That a man can recognize, maybe I didn't see it clearly. And he allowed himself, although he preached hard for years. But there had to be a change. Because God was doing something. God was looking for this hour, for this day. So he had to bring a complete word. So change is painful. Amen? That's when you can say amen. You can respond there. Change is painful, but nothing is more painful than staying stuck somewhere you don't belong. You ever been somewhere you didn't fit in, you didn't feel comfortable, and yet you stayed there day after? Maybe it's a job you had, and you didn't like it, and it didn't like you, but you was afraid to change because why? Because that's the only thing you ever knew. You hated going in. You drug yourself out of bed. You scarcely brushed your teeth hoping you can run somebody out. But it didn't matter. You dreaded to go there. But here we find that the worst thing to change is to be stuck somewhere where you don't belong. So change. See, those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. And change is the only constant in life. We as Christians, we're not immune to change. We understand that our lives are going to change. And as we grow older, we dig our heels in deeper. I'm trying to find some of you old people this morning. Yeah, you you done dug in so long. You got streaks behind you. We don't like, look, I'm only 47, but I can't tell you what. I'm beginning to be a homebody. I think it's a run collie thing, huh, Uncle Jerry? We just love being at home. We like our comfort of our surroundings. We don't like change. My wife ain't hit that yet. When she hits her, it's going to be a hallelujah in Adam's household. She wants to go, 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 go. Fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. I better leave her alone. She'd give me any of that eye. Well, fine. The older we get, the more we resist change. Come on. All right, you can be a cherub tomorrow, but today we're in the house of the Lord. So we find that we dislike change. We get set in our routines. And heaven forbid somebody disrupt your routine. You say, Brother Joe, you're awful harsh. I'm just preaching from my own self this morning. Because I get stuck in a rut and I don't like nothing. I don't want nothing. Don't give me a phone call. Don't send me a text. Don't ask me to do something. I'm in my routine. Heaven forbid you interrupt my routine. I get out of place. 
and you'll see a change come on. <laughs> yeah, you know when I don't want to be there because I'm just being honest. I'm being human. But it's all of us. We despise change. See, change seems for a young person, though, young person can just, man, they can change with the wind. No big deal. They're resilient. They don't know any better. They're not stuck in a rut. They don't have family traditions to hold on to. Life is new. Everything's new. So they just change with the, the wind. But the older we get and we continue down this journey, we're going to face change. Brother Tony, we're going to face new challenges, new trials. Kids are going to grow up. They're going to get married. My goodness, we have seen a slew of that here in the last couple of years. They're going to get married and grandkids are going to pop out or come. Excuse me. They're going to, they're going to come. That was the wrong word. It doesn't happen that easy. But grandkids are going to have, and the family dynamics change. Loved ones are going to pass off the scene. Change. If time should tarry our church, we got some that are closing in on, on that. It's going to be a change for the church. Change for those families. And we find that our church is changing. Even like Tabernacle is not the same even like Tabernacle that it was 25 years ago when I arrived. Our thinking has changed. We have developed into what we are today. And we find change happens. People move in. In the last five years, how many of you just moved here in the last five years? Should be a good show of hands. I know a lot of them are out. We've had, I think we counted somewhere between 30 people that moved in to our church to become a part of our assembly and to affect change. And sometimes we don't like change. We don't want change. We want it to be like it always was. I'm not sure if I should. But see, our human nature is to resist. You know, you find when people move in, those friendship circles begin to expand. And for some people, that's good. For others, it's like, hey, go find your own friend. Because we don't like change. But change is good. Change is difficult. Change is not. You know, let me tell you how the best way to cope with change? Prayer. The best way to cope with change is prayer. You pray until you can honestly receive it and it no longer becomes an issue in your heart. Then you're going to invite this one into your circle, that one into your circle. You're going to find we're going to have people move in. We're going to have people move out. We're going to have different ones. They're going to move here. They're going to move away. They're going to get married and they're going to move off. And it's all a process of change. And sorry to say, but a lot of it, you can't stop it. You can't stop it. See, change is healthy for our human nature. And for those that are not willing to change, you get left behind. You know, I worked at a hospital for 24 years, and I worked my way up from just entry level to mid-level manager up to the executive officer on the finance side of things. And I realized that change always starts at the top. You never employ change at the bottom level. It's never going to happen. It's never going to be effective. 
But change always starts at the top. When you'd find a corporate office, they would initiate a change for the company. And the first thing that they do is they push it out to the CEOs, CFOs, CNOs, or the executive suite of whatever company it is. And those officers digest it. And they have to become comfortable with it. Because you know what? They need to be change agents. They don't need to be the ones digging their heels in. So they give them weeks, months to adopt this change and allow this to become part of their management structure. And then after that set time has gone through, and yet then the executive suite will push that change out to all the managers. Call them all in, push it out. This is where we're going. This is the change that we're making. This is the direction that we're going to do. We know that it's not going to be easy for some of you, but we're going to give you time before we roll it out to the frontline staff. And so it happens the same way in church. What did God do? God, in 1956, preached through a prophet, preached a message to Junction, speaking about a rapture, speaking about our change. He said, we're at a junction. One road is terminating, but there's another road about to start. And this road that's about to start is a wonderful road. And he said, always at the junction, the miraculous takes place. And Satan is there to be an imposter. He's there to be a Janus and a Jambres. He's there to say the days of miracles is past. He's there to say God doesn't do that anymore. He's there, but we're at a junction. And at the junction, we see the signs of the Messiah. At the junction, we see signs and wonders following the believer. At a junction, we see the omnipotent speaks. And so it started in 56, Brother Darrell, through a prophetic ministry. Then it ushered out to a five-fold ministry after the prophet went off the scene. And now it's being preached and preached. And the book become open. The seals were torn off. And now by mid-1980s, it become a new book. We've become into the opening of the word. And now, now the, the ministry themselves are gathering this revelation of the change and of that we are a people that are not earthbound any longer. And they begin to take that word. And then they begin to preach it out to the believers in the churches. And so you see the change start at the top, work its way down to now we got a body. Now we don't have an infant bride. We have a mature bride because she's got a, per a perfect word through a perfect message, through a perfect ministry, and we're in harmony with one another. And I want you to know we accept this change. But there's somebody out there that doesn't accept this change. And that's your adversary. That's the devil. He doesn't want this change to sweep over you. Because he knows when this change takes place, his destruction is near. We're the only thing that's holding back the destruction. And he knows once these bodies are changed and we step into a new body, all hell is going to break loose on earth. And he is going to his destruction. He is going to his demise. And he resists your change. But he can't stop it. I said he can't stop it. You know, the children of Israel resisted change. They were in Egypt for 400 plus years. And they told Moses in Exodus 14. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. They had become contented in bondage. 
They had become contented with getting beat because they couldn't meet the quota. But it was all that they knew. And so when they were called out into their exodus, the chains come over them, pulling them out. It wasn't a flowery bed of ease. It was tough. Where were we going to eat? They were more worried about their stomachs than they were where they were headed. They were more concerned about what they were going to feed their vessels than living and walking in victory and following the pillar of fire out into the promised land. Church, don't get contented here. I understand the exodus is not always easy, but it's the change that you need. It's the change that we accept. So regardless of whatever that change is that we face in life, it can create a sense of anxiety. It can create a sense of stress. And we're talking about our own human personality now. But it always, for the believer, changes always good. Always good. Romans 8 tells us that. When we know all things work together for them, all, all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So no matter what we face, what change we go through, whether it be bad or good, change teaches us as Christians to trust God. It teaches us that God is still in control of our lives, that God is still in control of our destiny. See, we never have to fret. We never have to worry. We serve the Almighty, whose desire is to be where He is, you're going to be there also. That's the word. And there's not a devil in hell can disrupt that prophecy. It will come to pass. He said, I will have a church. I'm going to present a church. Otherwise, present, I'm going to bring with me a church, and she's going to be there with me, and she's going to be bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, life of my life. She is him. And Satan is doing everything he can to resist that change. Now, notice how much time do I got left. I got a little bit more time. 1 Corinthians 15 and 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. Notice, it's been a mystery for ages. The rapture of the church has been a mystery. You know what? When I was out in the denomination, I was in a Baptist church, and they talk about the rapture. They talk about cars going off the interstate. I'm like, good Lord, that's going to be chaos. Airplanes doing nosedives, crashing, trains running off the tracks. I'm like, how can God be in all that? But see, it's still a mystery. But we find in our day, great men have looked at this same passage. Great men down through the ages have looked at this, and that's all that they could glean out of it. It was a mystery. The mystery was a, of our change was still a mystery, but it took a vindicated prophet through a vindicated pillar of fire when he looked at that word, and he realized the mystery of our changes. Now, we're going to be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. This bride is not going to go through the tribulation, period. No, sir, brother. She She's already been judged. She's already been found faithful. Now all she's going to do is step into a new body. Oh, hallelujah. Some of you need to shout on now. Step into a new body. You don't have to worry about the tribulation. The tribulation wasn't meant for us. We've already been purged. We've already been declared righteous. We've been justified. We've been glorified, and we're seated right now in heavenly places. And when we catch up into that heavenly atmosphere and the presence of God comes down, then we can really have church. We can really have a supernatural event. We can really have the signs and wonders following the ministry. 
One day, church, these old bowed, decaying bodies of ours are going to be changed to a glorious body. See, the mystery, the mystery of our change, it had to have a message to reveal to us the secret of it. Notice how this change is going to come. A theophany. It took a prophet to say, we bypassed our theophany when we came. See, Jesus came in a theophany body. And the word tells us in Genesis that we were made in the image of God. Man was created. First man first was created as a theophany in the image of God. But sin in the beginning caused us to bypass our theophany. But God didn't let it rest there. God didn't stop there. God sent a theophany body. And that theophany body took on a form of sin. And what did it do? It hung on a cross. It wasn't in the, uh, on the earth and it wasn't in heaven. It was between the middle. And what would he find? It paid the price of our fallen humanity. And now it made a way that we can step back into that theophany body. It made a way that we could step back into a change. And the devil can't do anything about it. So it took a vindicator prophet with a message to identify this scripture and say it's no longer a mystery. I love how he says in recognizing your day in this message, national force put Israel in our homeland. National force will put the church in the world council of churches, but the power of God will put the people in the bride. Not a denomination, not a creed, not an idea, but the power of God will put the people in the bride. The world forces this way and the world forces that way, but God forces upward. The Spirit of God, which is the Word of God, my Word is Spirit and life, will put the bride in her place. Oh, my. Because she'll recognize her position in the Word. Then she's in Christ. He says, we'll put her in her place. No national force would do it. But the national force did drive Israel to the homeland. And national forces of the Council of Churches will drive every organization into it. But the power of God will raise the bride into glory out of it. Oh, church, talking about a mystery. It's no longer a mystery. Our change is no longer a mystery. We know what to expect. To the point that he said between 6 and 9 in the morning. Oh, my. Some of you need to get up early. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Some of y'all like to sleep to 10. Don't miss it. Between 6 and 9 in the morning. That change is going to come. Oh, my. Sister Karen going to walk through those doors. Woo, Brother Jerry Shaw going to walk through those doors. Oh, some of those that have gone on by the way of the grave, they're going to walk through those doors. And when we see them, we're going to be changed. Oh, church, we had a prophet come and explain us the time, explain us the when, explain us the how. It's no longer a mystery for us. Our change is no longer a secret. We're waiting to be changed. Oh, that's why you're here this morning. You didn't just come hear me preach. No, but you came to be changed. Your old thinking washed away and to have a new thinking and a new idea and a new man come on the inside. That's what we're waiting on this hour. That's what our expectation is. It's no longer a mystery and the devil's doing everything he can to stop you from changing but I want you to know this morning he don't have enough he can't stop you with cancer he can't stop you with heart disease he can't stop you with sugar diabetes he can't stop you with alopecia he can't stop it he don't have enough to stop this change because why because he didn't start to change God started to change God is metamorphosing or metamorphosing his body today his size can't stop the caterpillar Satan can't stop this bride 
We're in the process of change. And we're about to emerge. We're about to emerge as a beautiful bride. No longer in fail or frail humanity, but in the glory of an eternal body. Notice, the prophet of God said the Pentecostal message was to restore the gifts back to the church. But this is the calling forth of the bride. Another message that was to come just before Sodom was to be burned. See, all the loose ends, all the loose ends have been tied together. All of it. We have a great understanding. We have a great message. We have a true revelation of this hour of who the bride is and what she is to do. And we can certainly declare as that bride that we have received the revelation of our change. You can see Russia in her place. You can see America, United States, in her place. You can see Israel in her place. Can you see yourself in your place? Change is coming. Change is coming. Oh, my. Change is here. It's happening. It's happening. Oh, take off your critical attitudes and, and look at the change. Church, Israel couldn't go back to Egypt, nor can we go back to where we came out of. We're not looking backwards. We're going forward. Notice, Brother Bramble says this. He says, now, but watch. The spiritual bride, when she begins to have a revival, when she begins to come back and line herself up with the word of God, watch then again. You see how the scriptures at that time, there will be a message that will sweep out and catch the bride, catch that woman, the elect. God knew there was going to be a people that was going to align with this word. Brother L, why would you come from Mississippi? Why are you still here? Because there was a message that went out. And you were always bride. Whether you knew it or not. Whether you was caught up in the Methodist, the CME church, or this one and that one. No, there was something that God deposited on the inside of you. And he had to have this word cross your path. And when it did, you caught it. Or let me say it like this. It caught you. And not only did it catch you, but it caught Sister Felicia. It caught Jay and it caught Jemiah. It caught your children because God, God don't miss. I said, God, don't miss. We ain't leaving a hoof behind, church. I'm claiming my children. I'm claiming my children's children. I'm claiming them all. I don't care what they look like, how stooped in sin they are. We got a promise of a change. And the word of God says that they and their offspring shall be there with them. We might as well start believing it. We might as well start confessing it. Lord, that lays in your word. That's in the promise. I accept that on the word of God, on the token that you can't lie. And your word declares that's what we believe. And we're going to accept it. And we're going to wait to our change. Comes. We're going to see our loved ones change. They're going to be sitting in these mezzanines one day. Don't you give up hope. Don't you give up hope. Isaiah Robinson, his mom and his, his grandmother didn't give up hope on him. 19 years homosexual. But God came down. God moved on the scene. Let me just tell you about it. God is still God, church. And he's here this morning to declare to you if you can confess it, then it'll already be done for you. 
We got a promise of a change, and it starts with your confession. Change the things you're looking at. Change the things you're thinking of. Change the things that you're watching on TV. Change the things that you're reading. Change your attitude when you come to the house of God. Come on. Change is all over us. And just think about it. When we get in one mind and we get in one accord, oh, hallelujah, change is going to take place. The prophet of God said, when this bride recognizes who she is, this thing's going to go. I'm trying to get you to change your thinking. Quit being all, woe is me and woe is me. Oh, praise God. I'm part of the change. I'm part of the coming. I'm part of the going home of the church. I'm part of that today. It ain't woe is me. It's how great is our God. How great is our God. He called me for this. He chose me. And he can never unchoose me. Oh, hallelujah. It's worth worshiping. He can praise God. It's okay. He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of it all. Night and day, day and night. Let the incense of praise arise. Let it be a sweet smelling savor in his nostril. And when the people begin to try to line with the word, there comes a fresh message. Oh, I like that. This ain't some dead, stale message. We ain't living on carry-on of yesterday. We're not living on uh, stagnated manner. No, sir, we got fresh word. When you, even like Tabernacle, you that are streaming in, some of you of our sister churches around the world, we ain't preaching you a dead message. We're preaching to you about life. We're talking about a God that can come down and change hearts, change lives, get inside a young person who was going one way and bring them to the altar in their own pajamas and change their life and they forever be changed. Come on, Justin, stand up and be a witness of the change that's come over you. Satan said they're going to take them in drugs. Satan said there ain't no way. But God said, I'm not done yet. God said, I'm going to change them. If I got to start one, I'm going to change them all. I'm not done. I'm not giving up. God is here to change this church. Oh, yeah. And let me just tell you, there's more Justins out there. There's more sons and daughters out there. There's a change. We speak it this morning in the name of the Lord. God, go forth after our young people and change them, Lord. Change them this morning. He ain't never been the same. The best decision you ever made. Best change ever happened to you. Change. All of it is just a precursor to what God is going to do in these bodies. Won't the musicians come? All of it. What we have seen, Brother Philip, a water tower. An insignificant water tower. Nah, it was put there for a change. It was put there to infect a change. Oh my. Oh yeah. There's a whole lot more coming. There's a whole lot more coming. Sister Diane, they're coming. Brother Jonathan. They're coming. He said, don't you worry. The bride will be there. Oh, don't you worry. 
Don't you worry, little children. Death knocks on your door. Uh-uh. We got to change. Come on, Sister Jessica. We're going to be changed. You might as well start changing now. So let's start changing the atmosphere of the church. Let us start changing the atmosphere of the home. Let us start changing the atmosphere of the marriage. Let us start changing the atmosphere of the kids. Let us create an atmosphere that the change can come over us in the moment, in the twinkle of an eye. And one of these mornings, oh, hallelujah, one of these mornings, we're going to step into a new body. I say one of these mornings, death can't hold me. The grave can't have me because I'm going into the sky. Oh, touch one of these mornings. I say one of these mornings, we're going to leave here. One of these mornings. Hallelujah. Come on now, let's have church.
for that change. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. King of G. so good to us, isn't he? Amen. We appreciate the word of the Lord this morning. Amen. How he's using Brother Joe and the different ministers here to speak so directly to so many hearts. Amen. 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 The name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous running to it.
like I'm surrendered.